Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the sky above us for this week. And it is a very quiet week, even though, again, there's still so much going on beneath the surface, like where changes have taken place over the last couple of weeks and months. Uh, it's almost like this process of integration that is occurring for everybody, whether it is something big or small, it just seems like we are all struggling through uh, these, these changes that have been uh, placed upon us over these last several months. And of course, it doesn't help when the outer world is still sort of churning up things and, and uh, here we are trying to settle into a reality of sorts, but every time we think we're there, the rug is pulled out and a new reality sets in. And I would say, you know, kind of get used to this. This is sort of the new normal for the time being. And yet, as I continue putting together the workshop, the webinar for 2021, one thing is becoming very clear that the, the nature of the changes and the nature of the upsets and, and challenges that we face are changing, where the last couple of years, it has been a very destructive phase. Uh, I think we still have a couple more destructive hits to come, but with an attitude that has shifted. And rather than being as interested in he said, she said, or polarization and division, we somehow have a reckoning, a uh, realization, if you will, that if we don't come together, then we aren't going to be able to move through some of the problems that we have created on the planet. And while I don't know that that happens overnight, and yes, all of a sudden everybody's in a different spirit, uh, I do think that over time this will take place and it will pick up speed and it will start a ball rolling that likely will last for another, what, 10 or 15 years, but at least it begins us moving in a new direction, in a correct direction, a corrected direction, let's say. Not that you know everything that we've experienced has been wrong, because that's not what I mean at all. It's just that you know we're we're done with certain parts of our evolution, and it's time for us to move forward into new levels of evolution, right? Uh, okay, so as you might recall, last week this is where I start to shift. I'm going to be on air Mondays and on Fridays. And I am doing that at least through the end of the year, and likely I will do that, maybe adding a Wednesday in periodically as time goes on into 2021. So I'm just giving everybody notice so that you'll have, uh, you'll, you'll be able to understand why you can't find me Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. And this week on Friday, we're going to be graced with the, the appearance of Pia and Colin, the Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology people that we so dearly love here in the morning. Uh, I'm not sure what it is that they might have to share with us or what messages that Largma may be bringing in for us, but I'm excited to see them on Friday. Um, so today, what I thought we would do is go through the week. And even though it's a quiet week, there are some important things that I think you might like to know. So we're gonna start with the usual, the moon and where she is today. And then we'll walk through uh, a specific uh, astrological transit that is occurring today, a movement, if you will, of uh, the planet Pallas Athena or the asteroid Pallas Athena into Aquarius. 
and how I thought it was interesting that she was the first one to move in to the sign of Aquarius rather than Saturn or say Jupiter. Um, so she was the first one to make it through there. And uh, what does that mean, right? Does it mean anything? I don't know. But it was fun to explore that idea this morning as I was putting together the morning show. So, uh, and then we'll take a look at the Pleiadian Earth energy for today. Uh, and it just so happens we are closing out a phase today as a, a spiral of consciousness ends today at 13 loving, which means we're also in the midst of preparing then for the next level, which begins tomorrow at one feeling. So we'll talk about what all of that means. All right, let me say a quick good morning to everybody. I don't believe Asa is going to be able to join us this morning as she is still in training and will be uh, working on that for just one more day. Hopefully she'll be able to join us on Friday and she is going to be joining us for the 2021 webinar, which by the way, if you have not purchased your seat yet, please do so. Uh, and you must do that by the 15th uh, in the morning, as that is the afternoon of the, the broadcast. Now, I think I will package up the broadcast later for people who didn't purchase it as a, a download. So you won't be out completely. You just won't have the advantage of having been with us live and being able to answer your questions. And here's another thought. Um, don't wait till the last minute if you can help it because I'm only allowed 100 people to attend live. So we shall see how that plays out. Uh, the way that you can join the webinar is to go to my website at living-astrology.com and you can purchase your ticket. I've had to work out a couple of kinks over the weekend because somehow it decided that if you weren't in this country, you couldn't purchase from me. Uh, I don't even know why that started, but uh, pr presumably that is now fixed. We shall see. Uh, so if you're listening to me from Australia and you're one of the ones that went in to try to purchase and couldn't, try it again, please, and let me know how that is. Uh, okay, uh, so let's start with saying good morning to Ingrid. Hello, good to see you. Happy Monday. Good morning to you, Mimi and Elisa and Augustina and Christina Buckingham. Christine Buckingham, I apologize. Ingrid says, great. Oh, and smart new schedule. Thank you. Uh, Kathleen Mallory, good morning. Corey, good morning. Natasha Venter, good morning. I wish I could convey to you all the, um, the difficulty that that decision brought to me because I felt it, I felt it for months. I felt it for months and I ignored it. Instead, just going, you know, churning them out, these episodes out one after the other. And I finally went, I cannot do this anymore because I, it's starting to affect my ability to do other things. So that is part of the decision-making that I had a lot of other things that I wanted to do, things I wanted to write. And I'm not a good writer if I start in the mid part of the day, I actually have to start early in the day and then do it because uh, if, if not, my mind is already too chaotic and busy with other things. So it, it's an interesting change for me. And I thank you for the notes over the weekend that people sent to me uh, and uh, expressing uh, how the support that you have for me in making that change. I really, really appreciate you for that. Virgo, one of my very favorite placements for the moon, and especially when it's on a Monday like today, 
where the energy is pushing us to get into a routine, even if it is a new routine, pushing us to work and get things done and to take and focus on our physical being, our physical world, uh, our physical body, right? Virgo is the energy of the health, diet, and exercise part of our physical being. So it is a sign that if there's something out of whack sometimes in your physical body, if I can't determine it from the sign that rules the problem, then I'm gonna go to the overall health of the body which is gonna be found in Virgo. But Virgo also rules the work and the job that you do. So rather than the career, which is the bigger picture, say the umbrella of what it is that you do, the um, sign of Virgo rules the actual work. Like what do you do on a given day, right? Do you put together little widgets? Do you uh, do a lot of broadcasting? Do you do art? What, what is it that you do on a daily basis? And uh, the focus then is on working smart, not hard, although hard work can be a part of it, but we're wanting to work smarter. We want to work in a way that is sustainable, which means that if you are a type like a projector, a manifester, or a reflector, you might really have to tap into what does that mean for you, right? Because if you are trying to, you're living pretty much in a 70% of the population generated world where we are workhorses and we're working, working, working. And the expectation is that the projectors, the reflectors and the manifestors are gonna keep up, but it isn't true. It can't happen that way for you without a lot of health issues. So, or tension and things like that, stress. So looking at your job, right? What is the work that you're doing? Are you doing it efficiently? Here's another great word for Virgo, efficiency in getting things done. Uh, is that there's the, the short way to get things done. And then there's the long way to get things done. And sometimes there's merit in taking the long road, but other times the shorter, more direct route is appreciated. And so organizing yourself in the most efficient routine is a part of the moon's presence in Virgo, as well as being discriminating, being able to discern what is correct for you and what is not correct for you? What are you surrounding yourself by? And is it something that is supporting you or not? The energy across Virgo and Pisces takes us into the toxins and the poisons that are around us. And you don't have to literally take in a poison or a toxin to be affected by it, right? They, we all have cleaning products under our sink. We're all putting on, if we're women especially, putting on some kind of cosmetics. You are ingesting food, you're ingesting drinks, water, coffee, whatever you're taking in, um, noting the effect that it is having on your physical being. Does it support your body? Do you feel good when you're drinking it or eating it or around it? Or is there something that isn't quite right and you need to take stock of that? That is something that's very helpful when the moon comes through here because we get these feelings about things like uh, a few, well, let's see, it was probably, yeah, a couple of months back, I felt like coffee was not being my best friend. Uh, I felt like it was possibly stimulating my body too much uh, and my body was not liking this idea of my heart was palpitating. And I thought, okay, what's doing that, right? What, where's that coming from? 
So I changed to a different coffee, not a decaf one, but one that's more organic and built on mushrooms, <laughs> reishi mushroom coffee. And what a change in my physical being, right? It has given me that clarity of waking up in the morning and being able to, you know, drink something that supports me rather than something that created nervousness or tension in me. So little things like that, that we take for granted that we've always, you know, is the water that you're drinking good water, um, right? Those kinds of things, looking at that during this period of time to see how your body's really feeling about what it is that you're giving it. Um, Virgo is a sign that wants to be helpful. So there's always this wanting to give and to be able to support others when the moon is moving through Virgo. There is also the need to relax perfectionism during this period of time. We are, it, it, Virgos are consummate perfectionists. They're also hypochondriacs at times. So sometimes we get so sensitive to what is going on in our body that then we think everything that we're feeling is something that is out of sorts. So we have to find the balance. We have to find our inner intuition and we have to go with that flow and relax ourselves from any place that we feel like we have to keep perfecting. There's nothing wrong with perfecting, but there comes a point where you have to realize that perfection is what it is in the moment so that you don't have to keep tweaking and fixing and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, today, the moon is making a couple of interesting transits to other planets, and so we want to talk about that as well. The first one up this morning is a trine to Uranus, so if you're feeling spectacularly creative, if you're feeling like, wow, that's a great idea, you simplified something in your life, you brought it into practical usefulness, that you can thank the moon in Virgo Earth and the planet Uranus in Virgo Taurus, for helping us to ground in some things and put it in its right perspective. There are two squares today, uh, one to the planet Mercury and one to the sun. When the moon comes to a square with the sun, it is time that we call a crisis point. This is something we're gonna work with in other planets as well throughout 2021. Kind of the next thing I wanna sort of teach you all is that there are, there are planetary, routines, let's call them, that the planets go through. When they first conjunct another planet, then they come to the first square to that planet or the first 90 degree relationship with that planet. Then there is the opposition of that planet to the other one, and then the closing square. And then that brings us back to a conjunction. And that's going to be an interesting thing to look at in terms of Saturn, Jupiter, and Uranus as we begin 2021. So you want to tap in and hear more about that and how it affects not only you as a person, but us as a society, because these uh, are the continuation of some of the energies in 2021 that are things that happened or began in 1993, 1994. So it'll always, it's always fun to kind of look back at those kinds of things and what was going on in your life at that time that now you can see you're being challenged to bring into completion perhaps, or to have to change. So when we look at the squares from the moon to the sun, what we're looking at in the first from the new moon to the first square is the crisis of consciousness where there's something in our, or sorry, the crisis of 
yeah, crisis of consciousness where there's something that we, now I just blew that. It's the crisis of action. The first one that we come to where we have to address maybe a physical block to our progress of manifesting our dreams or manifesting our intentions and or there's something of a limiting faction right we or something dawns on us that we can't go in the direction that we thought we were going to go so the first square of uh, crisis of action brings us to a point where we have to choose something to do go around to go over to go under to flow over to stop and maybe move in a completely new direction so that's the crisis of action point then we come to the full moon which of course then is completion or revelation or an ending of sorts then we get to the second point which is where we are uh, arriving today the square to the the final square uh in the in the crisis of consciousness where seven days from now we'll have the new moon right something new beginning but right now there's some shift that's got to take place up here in the mind or in our hearts or in our souls that aligns us more perfectly. So our conscious awareness changes. Maybe we realize that there weren't any obstacles in our path, that it was only all in our minds, right? That we thought, or we had a belief, or we had a pattern that was trying to repeat itself. And as soon as we become aware of it, then we get to choose how it is that we're going to proceed. So today we're at that point, the, the block or the thing that has been stopping you from doing what you want to do dawns on you in a way that helps you shift a perspective or shift that belief system and move in a new direction. Now, this is happening both with Mercury and the sun. So Mercury is the mind, is your communication, is the mental processes that you have. The sun, of course, the full force of your energy and your personality and your ego structure. So a shift is possible, but it comes through challenges, right? Challenging you to rise up to a new level, to think through things differently, to look at the world in uh, a different way through a different lens. Then the final um, uh, transit of the day with the moon is in opposition to Neptune, Neptune in Pisces. So when I look at this, we're we're torn kind of between our emotional selves and our intuitive selves, right? So this is, I think, the titanic struggle that I was going through uh, before I decided to make this change in the broadcasting schedule, because emotionally, I'm connected to all of you, and I, I'm connected to the work I do and what I share. Intuitively, though, on some level, I knew it wasn't sustainable anymore, that there, in order for me to grow and move, I had to make a change oppositions pull you in half, right? They're pulling you in different directions. And somehow you have to find the middle road. So today we're maybe having the tug of war between our intuition on one hand and our emotional connection on the other hand and come to the middle road, following your intuition and what feels best to you. Harder to do sometimes because we're so in the head, but this one is more about getting back into the heart, connecting up the head, the heart, and spirit all in one, right? All right, any questions about that? Oh yeah, I shouldn't say that because I don't have Asa here to answer questions for me, but or but I'm gonna look anyway. Good morning, Peggy. And Christine says, oh, that's really sweet with the hearts. I love that. Liz Schultz, good morning to you. Happy Monday. Kathleen Mallory says, I'm curious about your mushroom coffee and where you got it. 
I'll tell you that in just one second here, Kathleen. And um, Macy, my, I'm something 1984. I made it to a live. Colleen, oh, hello to you. Great to see you out there. That's why I recognize the picture, but the name there didn't attach. And Kathy Fick, hello to you. It's good to see you ladies out there. So Kathleen Mallory, to answer your question, a friend of mine, uh, I went to her house one day and she had this coffee. She, it was called Organo, Organo Gold. And it is made with the reishi mushroom. It has, there's mocha, there's a latte, there's hot chocolate, there's tea, and what's a black coffee uh, and a, like a supreme coffee that are made though with reishi mushroom. And unbelievably it's made pretty much right here in Washington state. And I had no idea that it was even there until my friend said, here, taste this. And I tried it for a week, uh, just kind of with cold turkey off the coffee, you know, the brewed coffee. And um, it was amazing, the change that I felt in my, in my body. So uh, I can share a link for you for that if you want to learn more. So there you have that. Uh, then let's see, let's go back now and talk about the biggest aspect of the day besides the moon, speaking of Wata, and talk about Pallas Athena moving into the sign of Aquarius. So as you know, as uh, we get to the 21st of this month, actually that's the conjunction when we get to next week, uh, we'll have Jupiter moving into the sign of Aquarius, and we'll have Saturn a few days later moving into the sign of Aquarius. And then they will come into that conjunction at zero degrees, 29 minutes of Aquarius on the 21st, on the winter solstice. So I thought it was interesting that Pallas Athena is actually the first one to move in to the new sign. And she, if you'll recall, has been sitting with Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto throughout 2020. And, and even at the end of 2019, she was flowing into the conjunctions that were happening with Saturn and Pluto first in that early January. And then in uh, April, it was uh, Pluto, Pallas Athena, and Jupiter. And then in June, it was Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter, and Pallas Athena. And so we've had this sort of repetitive pattern of this goddess energy being involved in these very powerful societal and cultural changes that have been occurring on the planet. Now, we actually went in a little deeper to Pallas Athena once upon a time, maybe a few months, maybe it was earlier in January, even as we were realizing her effect here. So I just want to remind you a couple of things about her. First of all, she was born fully formed. She sprung out of her father Jupiter's head. Jupiter or Zeus, right? Depending on if you're looking at Greek or Roman mythology, same kind of God, the father God. So she comes from the father God fully formed. And with her was her helmet signifying uh, wisdom and her shield. And also she's carrying in different depictions, an owl, or sometimes she's got a book with her or a torch or something like that. So we know her as many different types of sort of symbols uh, that represent the, the power of the mind, not emotions. So in a way, she is embodying uh, the, the mental capacity to in the, in the female form. So 
this is tricky because I don't want you to think that what she really represents is our um, mind and the power of the mind and how the mind should supersede the emotions. It's not that at all. But what she does is show how the feminine energy uses the mind creatively and in very powerful ways. So while we had this destruction crew going on, the deconstruction, reconstruction crew coming in and changing up the planet, we had Pallas Athena also there ruling our mental processes in our charts. And what was it that we were thinking about while all of this stuff was happening around us? And she is literally a defender. She's the defender archetype of, she was actually involved in teaching people how to defend their cities, how to defend their families, how to defend their communities in the ancient times. So she was known to be inventive, she was skilled, and she was really concerned about the equality of men and women and the idea that women's skills were just as important, the feminine skills were just as important as the skills that the men would have. And so she was sort of the gateway to show everybody uh, that in them were these skills or these gifts, and they were meant to be pulled in and used for the fight for peace, the fight for freedom that was creative and was developing of wisdom for individuals as well as groups or nations or, you know, families, communities, etc. So she's very much concerned with women's careers and the work that women do and sort of that, that uh, she's not necessarily, she's, she's definitely a feminine archetype, but her feminine archetype says, but we can do whatever it is we want, right? It doesn't mean that you can only do basket weaving, cooking, or raising of children. If you want, you can actually be a warrior, right? You can join up into the military and you can do, you know, be a part of the military and think about the struggle that women have had uh, in being able to move into government, into positions of power, into the military, etc. And how some of the things that got exposed during this last couple of years, especially while she was in the sign of Capricorn uh, in how uh, women were treated in the military, you know, and all of the different things that, that, you know, were seemingly unfair that were coming to light during her transit during, uh, through Capricorn. And of course that's because Capricorn rules big business, Capricorn rules the government, and Capricorn rules the military, right? All the big institutions, including colleges and universities on some level as an institution, not what they're teaching or how they teach, but the institution, the institution of education, the institution of the medical professions or the medical uh, institution. So uh, you can go on and on about institutions, government, military, or corporate, and she has been involved in really shaking up what that looks like and how it is that things need to be played out more fairly uh, in those arenas. Now, she is leaving Capricorn, having done what she needed to do there, waking everybody up, saying this isn't okay. And now she moves on into Aquarius. 
And in Aquarius, she has a keen sense of timing that remember when I say a lot of the time in human design, it's all about right timing and right timing isn't your timing. It's divine, right? Timing, right? So doing things, being there in the right time for the right opportunity, the right people, etc. right? So Pallas Athena has right timing or she's got that sense of when things should happen. So one of the lessons I think we learn almost immediately as she moves in this week is about doing things in their right timing, right? That some that we are not in control of when things are meant to happen and how things are meant to unfold. She in Aquarius loves to learn. This is an education process. And guess what she loves to learn about here? Astrology. She loves astrology, right? This is about learning, applying what you know to the outer world, right? So, and it's not just astrology. Of course, there's any other things, any uh, of the craftsman type of uh, things that you might learn, right? Uh, building a better birdhouse, uh, I don't know, painting, art, scarf weaving, whatever, right? Craftsmanship, building a better house, building a better business. All of these things are um, things that that palace can bring us, how to learn and apply what we learn in right timing and there is also the uh, humanitarian aspects that she will pick up and deposit as pieces of wisdom as she goes on through this sign. And of course, I think we've all been sort of holding our breath about this move of these planets into Aquarius, because we know that Aquarius is about freedom, humanitarianism, the human being, right? And how we care for one another or how we take care of our weakest links. And so I think there's been this waiting to return back to the loveliness of caring for one another. She signals the wisdom, the timing that we need to get to that point. Now, wherever palace is in your own personal chart, and as a symbol, she looks like a diamond on top of a cross, I believe it is. Let me see here. Let me look, let me look, let me look. Yes, she's a diamond on top of a cross. And uh, she today is already, so she's already moved in there. She's now at zero degrees, two seconds of, uh, of Aquarius. So we already have this new symbolic move of Aquarian energy, M maybe sort of as anchors or uh, placing ourselves more fully in that Aquarian age. And then of course, followed by Jupiter later this week or in next week and Saturn next week and then the conjunction. So bringing more and more of that. Anyway, where she is in your own chart is where you are ruled by the mind and not so much your emotions, where you might have mental processes and activities that are worth looking at what, what goes on in your mind uh, as you face the world or as you look at uh, where are you going and what are you doing, who are you doing that with, where you want to defend right, where you want to teach people how to take care of themselves, where you are very inventive and have skills that maybe you don't even realize you had, um, and where it is that you become a fighter for freedom and for peace and for creativity and developing of more and more of your human capacity. So uh, right now, when we look at the chart of the world or the chart of the, the, actually, this is a chart based on where I live. So here on in Washington, it is in the third house, right, of elevating the mind, communicating. So how perfect is that? 
All right, uh, let's take a look now at uh, what we might expect later on in the week. Well, first of all, I'm over here. I might as well look at some of this. Um, good morning, JLo. It's good to see you. Corey says, ordering that coffee today. Love to try new things. Oh my gosh, it's fabulous. But um, uh, just expect clarity. That's what I noticed immediately was not that morning fog lift that comes because of an injection of you know nervous energy, but clarity that was like, hmm, my brain is firing on all tracks. Uh, so try that. Mimi feels like Pallas Athena may well be a way shower for the divine feminine women taking additional strong leads, right? I seek, um, oh my God, her, her Kamala Harris as Pallas Athena in, in a way, right? That, and not her personal character, but the role that she's playing on the planet at the moment, right? Being the first uh, vice presidential uh, nominee, that, I mean, uh, woman, then, uh, God, I can't talk this morning. <laughs> My mind just went unclear. Um, being the first woman vice president elect and also uh, the first uh, woman of color in that role as well. So how fun is that, right? She's like totally a palace Athena. And she comes out of the law which I think is interesting too, because when you think about the symbols of law, uh, you know, we have the book of wisdom, we have sort of the, the torch or the light that we're carrying. There's often, uh, you know, a feminine representative of justice, right? It, the, there's no, when, when you walk into a courtroom and you see, you know, the blind uh, justice, it's, it's a woman, right? It's a feminine archetype. So, which goes along with human design. And because remember in human design, I always say it's the feminine side that lays down the laws that, that elevates the values of the tribe to something that is taught to the children that's passed on in the learning and is the, the vibration that the tribe or the community will live by. It is the feminine that determines that. It is the masculine that goes out and does the protecting and the defending of said values. Um, making sure that there is food for the kids and for the tribe, right? Being, making sure that they are protected. So we've gotten those roles all messed up here uh, as the patriarchy dawned thousands of years ago. And now we have this opportunity, this huge shift, bringing that more back into balance, not shifting to matriarchal, but shifting to a balance of these uh, in their right and proper places, right? Their right, right and proper expressions. So it's really fascinating when you think about what Pallas Athena can do here. Uh, Corey sounds like Athena could have been me in a past life. I like her. Uh, I love her, actually. I get that totally. JLo says, I did a regression on one of my classes and it sounds similar, one of mine uh, of the jungle. Well, when you think about the characters like um, the Amazonian women, right? The Amazons. They were very a Wonder Woman-ish, right? Very Wonder Woman is a very Pallas Athena character, and uh, so I mean we have we have elements of her everywhere, but she's often um, downplayed in favor of the more masculine characters, which I think is quite the shame. But once in a while, there she is, right? And she pops in in all of her glory. Uh, so Pallas Athena, one of those that we're going to be seeing now for the next several months as she's moving through Aquarian energy in lockstep at first with Jupiter and Saturn, and eventually she'll move on a little bit faster. Um, so interesting, right? 
Uh, Debbie Tippett's two meal, good morning. And Kathleen Mallory, thank you so much. I love this color anyway. Uh, reds and purples together. Who wouldn't? I would never put them together. And here they are on a scarf I'm wearing. So thank you. Uh, okay, any other questions? Uh, go ahead and put them in there. I will come back. Right now, I want to switch over to our taking a look at the week ahead. And uh, really, we've already talked about the highest highlight of the week, and that is Pallas Athena's move into Aquarius. Uh, tomorrow, we have nothing big on tap, so nothing to worry about there. Uh, the moon will still be in Virgo, I believe, tomorrow. Yes, it will, until she moves into the void. Let's see, tomorrow would be the 8th. Uh, at 2.36 p.m. my time, 5.36 for those of you on the East Coast, so really the end of the workday, uh, and by uh, Wednesday morning, the moon will be into the sign of Libra, so balance and harmony becomes sort of the, the symbolic meaning of the midweek, and at midweek, we also see a shift in human design. Our human design week ends up on the 8th and on the 9th Wednesday, we move into a new focus where the focus will be integrity, integrity and distributing of uh, resources. So that'll be an interesting week. It also mirrors the sun and the earth's axis. I mean, the sun and the earth mirror the nodal axis right now across uh, Gemini and Sagittarius. So I find that really interesting that, that, that are, those are the gates that are identified in action for the new moon solar eclipse on Monday the 14th. So we have integrity as the theme as we move into Wednesday. That could be considered really the true window of the beginning to see what's going to start new and fresh with the new moon coming next Monday. So we have the portal sort of opening up, if you will, uh, on Wednesday with that axis being um, triggered. And remember, integrity is all about being true to yourself but it's also about being ethical and about being moral and about telling the truth, not lies. And, you know, we've had enough lies. Let's get to the truth of things. Let's get to the heart of things. So the 26th gate, which is where the sun will be, uh, can play the role of the trickster, can play the role of a personage uh, in the form of a person who can trick you into believing something that isn't true. Uh, to trick you into letting go of your own integrity and your own moral compass and your own sense of ethics. So here, is it a possibility that ethics and integrity are restored or is there more to be exposed of unethical behaviors or uh, where we are out of alignment with integrity? So this is for individuals as well as the bigger picture of, you know, uh, communities or tribes or, you know, things like that. So that is our uh, energy coming in on Wednesday that will carry us through the new moon. Thursday is a messy day, messy, messy, messy. Because the moon will be in Libra, it will come into the square with the sign Capricorn where we still have Jupiter and Saturn and Pluto. So we have some of that more cantankerous energy, the places where we're really trying to bring balance and harmony and we still find maybe resistance either in our own personal lives or out in the world uh, where, you know, we're working a, a very hard uh, to gain the upper hand. It reminds me of the, 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 the destruction and the issues going on with coronavirus at the moment. And uh, I mean, will it ever end? I mean, that's the question I keep asking myself, is this ever going to end? 
um, because dang it, I want to travel again, right? I, I want to get back to business as usual. But for some reason, we're still contending with this particular issue. And what have we still to learn from it? So I'm changing my thought processes now to what more are you trying to teach us, right? What more do we have to learn here? That's very Pallas Athena, by the way, in my own personal chart, as she's in the ninth house in Pisces. And as I looked at that, I went, well, of course she's in that because I'm always asking those questions. What, what's standing in the way of my absolute growth or what's standing in the way of the world's absolute um, conscious revolution? So those are some of the questions that might be coming up more on Thursday. Uh, the moon will also be in opposition to Mars that day. Uh, Venus will be in a sextile to Pluto. So that means there's something very transformational happening in our relationships that day. And the sun in a trine with Mars. Now, typically, I think that's an awesome setup, right? That's productivity. That's creativity. That's get, let's get her done, right? Let's get some stuff done. But it can also be a, a setup for ego clashes, for conflict and confrontation, and just shining a light, a very, uh, very powerful light on that uh, conflict area of our charts, perhaps. On Friday, uh, there's nothing new necessarily. I just saw that that's the day where we transition the moon out of Scorpio and into Sagittarius in preparation for the, um, the new moon or that was actually Saturn and, or Saturday and Sunday where all of that is happening. So uh, Friday, nothing big, no new changes, nothing, you know, big happening. Uh, but it just, you know, it's time for us to really dig in and look at what kind of things do we want to begin with that new moon on Monday. And looking at where that is in your chart, that will happen at around 23 degrees of Sagittarius. So across the Sagittarius Gemini axis, uh, but specific because the sun and moon will be at the same degree is at 23 Sagittarius. And when, um, and we'll look at this maybe on Friday a little more, maybe I'll do a post on it. When you look at what Dane Rugiar says about that degree in particular, it's a pretty powerful degree for us um, to agree to make changes, right? To go forward, to evolve, right? It's a social, cultural evolution in the making and the gateway opening very well for that, uh, but not without problems, right? There's always going to be those issues that pop up with that. So that's what we're looking at as the week goes ahead. It will be next week and the week after that are going to be the two crazy ones for the month of, of uh, December, giving the, the word messy even more definition, I think, as we get there. Uh, so we'll be talking about that too as we get into next week. Um, uh, Pleiadian Earth energy. So today is the final day of our spiral of consciousness. We have come to 13 loving, 13 loving energy. And if I remember correctly, we began this one at one intuiting, but I'm going to check that just to make sure, <laughs> just because now I was like, okay, Janet, really? Nope. We began at, nope, we're, that's December. We began this in November at one intuiting. So on November 25th, that was the beginning, the first day of the week. And one intuiting energy was all about our remembering that we have an inborn sort of antenna that will lead us in the right direction, uh, instinctually, 
being in the right place at the right time with the right people and to uh, really trigger a need for us to tap in, to listen to what was going on within us. So that's what we began at. And then today we end at 13 loving energy. And if you'll recall, 13 is the number of completion and ascension where we are going deep within. We're going into the void, into the womb, if you will. And in that place, we can get prepared for what comes next. We're tapping in to our inner knowing, to the voice of God or source to determine what our next steps are or to be to hear what our next steps are for our guidance anyway on the next steps. That's the energy of 13. Loving energy was represented by Lamotte in the Mayan calendar, the Venus star. So here we have a, a, a day sign that is mostly bringing out enthusiasm and productivity, but she does this in a very weird way. She does it first by bringing tensions up to the surface or conflict up to the surface, whether it's internal conflict or something going on with someone else, so that you can actually see it, that you can actually understand there's this conflict here and it gives you the opportunity to practice applying love to those conflicts or to those tensions that you are experiencing. So that's our energy for the day today, 13 loving, leading us into tomorrow's new energy, which will be the energy, the over lighting energy or umbrella energy for the next 13 days, which will be one feeling. One is always the new beginning, right? The initiation, the start of something new and the pulse tomorrow is about feeling energy and feeling energy in the Mayan calendar was Muluk and it represented water. So we have uh, the need here in the next 13 days to become more fluid, to become more flexible, to be learning to, you know, go with the flow, right? The rising of the tide, the lowering of the tide. So we have uh, the need then to also tap into response instead of reaction. So that's another lesson that this next 13 days will bring us responding to life in each moment, responding, not reacting to life in each moment. And that might mean something that's triggered you. It could be something really exciting and happy too. It's not that it's a 13 days of, you know, negative emotional stuff, but we're tapping into emotional energy. And what was that all about, right? Learning to be response able, not reactionable. So it's kind of a big 13 day period of time, right? Where we get to practice our emotional intelligence in uh, not just our mental intelligence, not our, our IQ, but our EQ, if you will. For those of you out there who are in uh, Richard Rudd's uh, Venus series, you probably have learned something about the IQ and the EQ, the EQ especially. All right. Questions, comments, uh, JLo, please take a moment to, oh, thank you very much. So yes, please take a moment to hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe if you haven't done so. Please share the video. Um, that is uh, something that supports my channel. Thank you very much for doing that, JLo. And thank you all for subscribing and thumbs up the video. Uh, JLo says, I have palettes in the 11th house in Pisces also. Ooh. So 11th house is the house of what? Goals, dreams, aspirations, humanitarianism. 
so deep within you is a, a, a compassionate, uh, giving soul who wants to help raise the vibration for humanity. Uh, Kathleen Mallory says her rising is 22 Sagittarius. So, wow, a whole new you possibly popping out here, you know, as that, uh, that uh, new moon is going to be right at your rising sign. And the rising sign is the entry point into your viewpoint, right? Who you are and how you see the world. It puts it in your first house, Kathleen, which means that that first house is a new beginning for you, right? A new beginning for the way you see things, for what you want to learn, for where you want to go, what you want to do, all kinds of things here, changing up your personal viewpoint. And Kathleen says, oh, I hope my back gets more flexible soon, very soon. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that I wanted to do with my time when I'm not here in the morning is I'm going to start a yoga practice I used to do yoga every day, just about, and then I got out of the habit when I started doing these shows every darn day. Um, it's hard to get dressed, get ready, you know, makeup and clothed, and then go back and unclothe yourself to do yoga or get, you know, change your clothes to do yoga. And I suppose I could layer clothes and have, you know, just take off whatever I needed to, to put on it, it, but I wasn't motivated to do that. So yoga to me is one of those powerful things that we can do to gain more flexibility and uh, teaching you mind uh, as well, your mind to be flexible, breathing, and then also meditative in that uh, usually toward the end of a yoga practice, there's that time Shavasana where we can lie down and just be still and allow all the good that's happened in our practice to integrate within us. So maybe it's a possibility that you do that. In fact, I did a search on Prime, Amazon Prime for there. And I found one that said yoga for back problems. So maybe do a search for that. You could even do it online through YouTube and see if you can't find something that can help your back become more flexible. JLo says, funny, I spoke to my acupuncture lady and she told me to sit on a huge ball when I'm at my PC for a few minutes, it will help my back. I'm going to get one and see if it helps. A big medicine ball, right? That yeah, those I've heard that before too. So try it and see what the what it does. Corey says I have my natal chart, but it doesn't say where Athena is. How would I know? Uh, the only way to know would be probably you. You might have gotten your uh, astrology chart either not from me or from me at a time that I hadn't added Pallas Athena in. So you might have to go to my website and request a new chart, and your newer chart would have Pallas Athena. But if just in case you're missing her. Um, she would look like a diamond with a, a diamond shape like this with a cross underneath her. That would be the symbol. And likely she, I don't know how old you are, Corey, but if you're 40s, she's probably in Pisces and wherever Pisces is, um, take a look there. All right. Uh, Ingrid Pilates is the best for back rehab. Ooh, yes. Uh, and I did used to do Pilates as well, but uh, it's hard to do that in my living room <laughs> at the moment. Um, okay, uh, Colleen, I recently started yoga too. It has created remarkable transformation. See, I just have that, that intuition has been nagging at me for months, but I just haven't incorporated that. And uh, so that is exactly what I'm gonna be doing. So Re Ingrid, rehab and health. Joseph Pilates said, we are old, we are as old as our spines. Love it. Of course, because it's our support, right? It, it's what holds us up. 
Uh, Corey says I'm 36. So Pisces, if it's not Pisces, then it is probably <sighs> might be Aquarius. Maybe you're going to have a, a, a return or it might be actually Aries because you would be younger. Kathleen, I have wondered whether Ophiuchus might be my rising sign. 22 degrees. Yes, it might be. Mm -hmm. Could be if we if we had a 13th sign that we were using in a 13th house in a chart. Yes, I think that you might be right. That 22 Sagittarius would be actually in Ophiuchus. Mm, interesting, right? So what needs healing? Maybe that's what you need to look at there, Kathleen. I don't know. Sounds likely though. Okay. Well, that is it for me today. And again, I will be back on Friday with Pia and Pia Orlean and Colin Baird Smith. They're the authors of the Pleiadian Earth Energy Calendar. And she's the author of the book, uh, along with Larkma. They brought this in. And um, of course, if you've listened to them on my show before, you know that they can't bring Larkma in unless they're together and they're touching. They have to hold hands or, or touch one another in order to complete the channel that allows the transmission from Larkma into them so that they can speak to, and it's always spoken through uh, Pia usually, um, to give us messages from them. But Cohen holds a very important place because without him, she couldn't bring in the message. Uh, so the same thing happened when they were bringing in the calendar and the Pleiadian Earth Astrology book, which is where you can get all of this information that I share with you on a daily basis is right here in this book. Um, all you need to do is see it on the calendar and go to the book and look up the day and the um, universal number. And you'll also have exactly what you need for the days that I'm not here live with you. All right, guys, that's it for me. Don't forget, go get your ticket for the 2021 webinar. It is first come, first serve. So the first 100 people will be able to be there live. Um, others who purchase will also be able to get it uh, just on recording, right? So, and some people won't be able to attend live, which is what I'm betting on, so that they can have the recording of the broadcast when we're done and uh, still be able to have that information. All right, that's it for me, guys. Take care. Have a great day. I will see you Friday morning.